talking about alliance on your device of choice. Hirsch and Ari are here for you to make sense of it all so you don't have to. Talking about alliance on your device of choice. Talking about alliance on your device of choice. Wow. Welcome, everyone, back to another episode of Talking About Alliance here for the Nexus Park Recap Show podcast. I'm Ari, joined as always by Hirsch. Well, hello, Hirsch. Welcome in. Hello, Ari. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I am recovered. It's an off day in Alliance, and I think everybody needed it. So uh, it's I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Um, we have a special guest here for this episode. We have the 14th place finisher from Survivor Chatter, Napalm, is here with us. Welcome in. Thanks for joining us. What's up? Good to see you, Napalm, my friend. How are you? I'm great. Very happy to be here. Well, yeah, yeah. I like I like Ari said uh, the 14th place finisher because that's a bit nebulous. Makes you sound like you lasted a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, keep it that way. Yeah, yeah. There was like at least four other booths before me, um, so not too bad. Right before merch, they had to get me out. Yeah, it was serious merge boot. Merge yeah, only, only only about six votes before the merge. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, yeah. So you so you you know you're the first person voted out and because of scheduling issues and you spent most of your time in the game in, in a foreign country on set and not really being able to participate um you know how does that sort of you know you can't not being allowed to apply but you know not really ever have really having that chance to play how does that kind of affect the way you look at things um yeah i guess in my mind like i haven't actually played alliance even though i definitely was a part of the season it doesn't feel like I've actually played it. Um, but I have played a number of other orgs after, after I watched and spectated that uh, I got the itch and uh, it looked amazing. So I've been trying to, you know, sort of capture that same feeling of, of Alliance. And so I, I do view the game now as not as, an, I don't know if the org veterans the right way to phrase it, but definitely someone who's played the game a few times. How often do you get the itch? I mean, I also know for a fact that you're not very uh, you're not very open when you uh, you don't advertise that you're playing. You're not one of those players who's like, "Hey guys, I'm in this org. Come watch me." I think you probably tell two or three people, um, but uh, but uh, you don't really advertise it. Is there a reason? I mean, do you just kind of want to be in your own little world and not have to account, or what? 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 What's your um, what's your thinking there? I think because especially now that I've played twice in um, games where I have to deal with players I know outside the game. Um, I think it just gives me a lot more flexibility to play when I know that it, I'm in a cast with complete strangers. And I also know everybody watching is unaware of my play style. Um, so I think it just, helps me be a little bit more adaptable when I'm playing. Interesting. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but in playing, you've uh, you've encountered at least one, if not more, of this season's cast. Is that is that not correct? 
but this season's cast um either through like showrunners or people that you played with or against or or people that ran orgs is that smm i'm thinking oh yeah yeah i was thinking like current players and i was like who that is actually like still in the game have played with but yeah the whole cast yes yes i have i have some awareness of them Um, but as to your earlier question i think i get the itch every single time i watch alliance um so like i'll play a game and i'm like i'm done and then a new season of alliance starts up and when it's over i'm like oh time to play again yeah people can relate to that i get the itch fairly often um, and then I kind of think like, well, you know, like when I'm out, out at work and missing entire days at a time, it's just not feasible at this point. But the itch is definitely there. I so I just kind of have to shut it down. Yeah. I think once you play a bunch of other ones, it's feeling a lot more chill, especially when there's not a bunch of live travels, there's not a bunch of live challenges. Like it's easier to just sort of do it at your own pace. I get that. Yeah, definitely. For me, it's kind of a, you know, I played Global Viber with a bunch of uh, FML people, including Napalm, shortly after uh, shortly after Mojo Desert ended, maybe a month or two. Um, but after that, I didn't feel it really for a year. And then Geo came up, and, and I liked the whole old versus young thing. So I, I kind of got into that. Um but after that, I'm you know they they said hey we're doing an all star seasons of Geo and I'm like yeah I'm gonna I'm not saying I'm an all star or I'll even get cast but I'm not even gonna apply um, because I'm not interested so I, I think I could go a year <laughs> I think yeah the last one I played not counting the amazing race one which isn't really a full org uh, it was probably the circle one I think that was in like January or February. And then since then, you know, getting back to work and somewhat end of pandemic things. Was that Dollar Viver? Uh, Dollar Viver was, I think, December-ish. And that's also part of why, you know, I had like two busy work days that were like the first two days of the game. And then just immediately got thrown onto the bottom of my tribe because of that. And just don't really want to go through that part again. <laughs> I get it. Um, so uh, have quite a number of developments from the last few days. So I think diving into that, um, we last talked a bit before uh, the final eight tribal council, or final nine. Um, And uh, even after we talked, there were quite a few developments starting with, uh, we talked after the hot air balloon and starting with Bird telling people that despite saying that they wouldn't, that that Darcy had immunity and was not going to be able to be voted for and not letting that surprise run into tribal. Which sucked. I was looking forward to that. Um, just the scramble. Um, I, I, I don't know. Was that a, it felt like maybe a last ditch effort from Bird to try to convince Jordan that they were with her. I don't know. I mean, I, I, it, it is hard to kind of wrap my head around many of Bird's decisions this entire game, but all it really did was further Jordan's perception that Bird was never really with her and was always going to side with Darcy. So it just started up a whole, like, 
it started up a whole new thing. Um, again, you know, lather, rinse, repeat with Jordan and Bird. And, and, and whereas Jordan had, uh, had just kind of thrown in the towel and was expecting to play her idol on Maddie, then it, it got her to thinking and planning, which made for a busy afternoon. Yeah, Bird's moves definitely always feel last minute, no matter what they are. <laughs> Not always fully thought through, but in some ways it is working for them, you know? Um, it's gotten them this far, and every time I think Bird is in, like, a terrible scenario or, like, it's going to be the next boot, somehow they do kind of work around it. Um, so somehow the scrambling is paying off right now. I don't think it's the winner's route, but it, it it is, I don't know. Yeah, I wish there was more thought going into it. I think Bird feels like they're playing to the audience and we can, we see past that. And I think most of us are wanting more out of Bird. Yeah, I think that's definitely right. Like, it definitely feels like a lot of their strategy and thinking is you know, last minute ideas or just not things aren't thought out more than a day in advance, you know, and you're not, not looking beyond what's going to be the next vote. Um, and yeah, they get back to something that keeps coming up and is going to keep coming up that Bird is, seems like they're just choosing D Jordan over Darcy at every turn, even though, you know, Darcy is the one that is incredibly close to Bird and always wants to, wanted to be together. And, you know, didn't, I think straight up said, like, well, I can't be with you at the end, but I'm not going to be able to vote you out anyway. Whereas Jordan is saying to everyone at this point, Maddie is my number one, and I don't care about you, Bird. And it, it, it's just weird decision making. And um, we'll get to it in a minute. They do ultimately flip their vote back at the last minute to prevent well, what would have resulted in. Uh, I think it would have been a court going home if they voted that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, what's kind of the weird thing is in their position, I think you want to take any chance you can get with a vote that's you know not putting the spotlight on you when you were just voted as the biggest threat left in the game by everyone on the tribe. And instead of that, they kept throwing things around and running around. Well, I mean... It got Jordan to go crazy ooh, and, and uh, post in the, the, the camp channel that they had an idol or someone in this game has an idol and wouldn't it be crazy if it came out. Um, and that basically, and this is, Jordan could have sat on that and basically let them try to, you know, and basically have a 50-50 shot of, uh, of securing that alliance, um, you know, and uh, saving either herself or Matt, Maddie. But uh, by announcing pretty much imp implying that it was her, that there was an idol, uh, she uh, guaranteed pretty much that there was going to be a split vote between her and Maddie, um, whereas they weren't really talking about that before or, or giving it much serious consideration. And and so all, all she really did was hasten her demise, and I, I just I didn't I didn't get her gameplay either. Yeah, I think our friend. Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, it just I was gonna agree. Like by the end of that, it felt like Jordan 
was ready to get out of the game. It, in some ways, it felt like a player getting asked to leave the island. Like Jordan seemed like really emotionally exhausted and ready to be over with with the whole game. Yeah, and I think our friend Spencer kind of hit on this that she wanted the optics of playing the idol on her ally while she was being voted out, you know, and not throwing someone under the bus when really all she did was she created the split vote by, and this is part of the recap also, she told everyone she had an idol, posted it in camp, sent pictures of it to half the tribe and said, you guys should split the vote on me. And they did. <laughs> and, you know, instead of keeping that and, you know, keeping herself in the game or giving up the idol or, you know, not tanking her entire alliance, you know, she created the split vote and saving Maddie with that. Um, and the, uh, well, so the vote comes out, it, she plays the idol on Maddie, three votes were canceled there, three for Jordan. And then two went on court, and that was Jordan and Maddie's vote, um, with Bird all being one of the Jordan votes. And then, Ch um, or Steph throwing a vote onto Chaco. Um, never fully explained the reasoning. I think got caught up and decided to throw, just put on a random vote. Um, but you know, for Jordan, I don't think it's at all fair to say that she saved her ally, because she could have very easily played it differently in any way if she was actually interested in seeing Maddie succeed. Instead, she pretty much dragged him all the way to the bottom of the ocean and then threw a life raft at him at the very last second. There, there's so much, there was so much to digest from that afternoon. Um, as you suggested uh, or kind of implied, um, if Jordan really wanted to help out Maddie, give him the idol um, and he can use it later. Uh, don't, don't try to get some crazy split vote thing going. Um, if you're really that determined to leave the game, then leave the game, give him your idol so he can use it later. And, and you know, and, he, and he's guaranteed, you know, to move forward at least one extra spot. Um, Euphoria uh, are incredibly lucky for one thing that the, um, oh, no, I'm sorry, the, the Mirth people are incredibly lucky that Bird actually flopped um, because, you know, they went with the split vote and they, and they assigned one of the, the, the spots to Jordan to to Steph, who they had never really spoken to, really about it. Um, if you're gonna, if you've got a specific target in a split vote, you better make three. Make sure you've got rock solid votes on that target. And by leaving it to chance that Steph would actually go through, um, that was incredibly irresponsible. I mean, there was just the, the all the end results were what they wanted, but the way it got there was just. Uh, a, a crazy uh, confluence of uh, luck. And if Bird had, you know, at the not at the very last minute decided to vote for Jordan, it's court that goes home at that tribal. And and honestly, um, depending on how things play out, it might have actually been better for the Mirth people if court had gone. <laughs> That's also true. Well, yeah, I mean, because then you keep the, if they had kept that Jordan-Darcy fight going on, I think you're yeah. not wrong there. Yeah, I was thinking about it the other day, because it really felt like Jordan was ready to commit to, like, having Wax or as, like, a trio to her and Maddie and just really, like, all in on Mirth just to not have to deal with 
Darcy and Bird anymore. Have you, uh, go ahead. Well, I don't think you, you know, you could really rely on Bird or on Jordan at that point as any kind of long-term ally. Yeah, but as long as Darcy was in the game, those two were just going to be at odds and, and going against each other. So keeping that around probably would be stressful for the viewers um, if, if, if that's not your bag. I think of folks like our, our buddy here, Napalm, enjoy watching that. Uh, tell me I'm wrong. You are 100% right. I love it. <laughs> Give me the chaos. But I mean, it was, I was, I was happy to see it go, but uh, just because I was like, I don't need this kind of stress in my life. But um, yeah, I mean, if you got, and, and the end result of that, when you got two people at odds like that is eventually they're going to both go um, and you can, and you can do a little until it happens. I don't know. Yeah. That's the other thing is the players, like maybe sometimes keeping around the chaos players can work out because it just keeps the attention away from you and your allies. Yeah, and I think I think for Darcy, she went a little too public in flipping and made it a little too obvious going to, you know, you know, all four people at the same time and things like that. This will come up. I think we'll talk about this more, but I think she could have played that smoother. You know, instead of framing it so much as uh, you know, this conversation, I feel like I'm fourth in this alliance and I don't want to be fourth. It could have been as simple as, you know, it feels like I'm being bullied here. I could just end that. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, don't I don't know. I can't. I kept. I kept thinking that I don't know if I'd ever been in really such a situation in, in my admittedly, you know, limited org experience. But um, it's not a situation I was. I can understand wanting to get out from under it as fast as possible. And then when you see an opening going for it, so I don't blame Darcy for the play. Um, I don't even blame Jordan for changing her mind and, and fighting there at the end. Um, I would have been disappointed if she didn't fight. Um, I think she chose a poor way to do it. Um, she could have been a lot more clever about it, but uh, all, all, all credit to her for not actually kind of rolling over there at the end and just, and just playing dead. Um, also, anything else to add on that vote? Are we? No, I don't think so. Have you ever been in that situation? No, I've my organs have been fairly chill, except for when I played Red Panda or with a, a couple of other Alliance alums. I think things got emotional and during some of those not quite the same way but I, I also don't talk that much like I prefer keeping things sweet and simple to the point um so I don't think I would ever let a conversation like what Jordan Darcy have going on I would never let that happen um, so I haven't ever been quite the same scenario yeah. um also Jordan gets her wish, is voted out, goes to Ponderosa. I think some of the players, Darcy especially, sort of just can take a, a deep breath and move on. Uh, and that brings us, so well, slightly before the challenge, uh, Darcy has decided that she now wants to target Wackler. Um, 
and we'll talk about that a bit, but that brings us to the stepping stones challenge. Um, this was an interesting one, another spreadsheet challenge uh, where you're basically going across a pond uh, one turn at a time and you're moving different columns to control the stones that are in front of you and other people, uh, sort of giving it a chance to, um, you, you know, you can sabotage other people or help your friends. Um, and then you have Court looking at the wrong stone, uh, thinking she was Waxler, which helped him get all the way to the end. And um, you ha and uh, th the other thing that really stood out though was Darcy multiple times blo intentionally blocking Waxler right after they had voted together and Waxler immediately made that connection. Oh yeah, Waxler, you know, Waxler is no dummy. Um, he, he's 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 he might have the social skills of a uh, of a uh, of a petulant child. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but he's uh, he he's he's not stupid. He's very uh, he's very obviously aware of, of what's going on around him, and, and and he's pretty he's he's at least game aware at the very least, and uh, and I think he kind of expected it honestly. Um, so he was looking for it. So when he got the uh, the the the, the you know the confirmation that it was just confirmation for what he, I think he already suspected was going to happen, and uh, so yeah, good good for paying attention. Yeah, that's one of the most impressive uh, parts of the of this season has just been watching Waxler like unfold like the secrets other players are holding just on his own by like, noticing little details. Uh, it's been great. It's been a lot of fun to sort of watch him play. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I kind of think this is, you know, one of the biggest mistakes that's going to get Darcy ultimately voted out here is making it so obvious while targeting someone who was just on your side the day before. Um, it, it, yeah, I, I, I think she got in her head that Waxer was the next threat that needed to go. I think it sort of happens to people when they pull off a big move, you know, A, you get you make the big move and everyone sees you as the threat. And also sometimes you let that go to your head and think you're invincible and can pull off whatever. And I think it wasn't thought out which way, you know, she wanted to make the move and wasn't thinking which way to go long-term. No one really, I don't think any players commented on it, but do you think Jordan's final words just like, don't let Darcy win impacted anybody? I don't think round? so. I mean, because I, I think they realized where it was coming from, you know, a place of anger and, and, and wanting to kind of bury somebody on your way out of the game. Or at least I don't, I don't recall anyone seeing anybody comment about it. Like, Oh, Darcy is running the game. The only person I really saw who thought that they, you know, that Darcy was running the game was, was Darcy. I, I think Darcy, you know, read more into that than anyone else did. I, th I, I It's more common, I think, as in, you know, more orgs to have a final word that I think uh, there's a meme I've seen floating around that looks like someone at final torch, final council before their torch gets enough saying, wait, 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 I have to expose, I have to talk about every single person in the game and all the conversations I had and all the alliances and all the information I know before you do this. Um, and that's kind of a thing that happens. But I think Jordan's word was pretty discounted at this point, and Darcy just took it as, yes, you're right, I'm in control, and 
I'm not sure that's the reason that people wanted to target her as much as it was clear she was flipping back and also because of Maddie. So we'll get to it in a minute. Yes, I, I call it big move-itis, and, um, and, and you see it in real-life Survivor, and I've seen it in other orgs. Like, if you pull something off, you kind of, yeah, you do get that sense of, oh, I, you, know, I'm, you know, I'm king shit. I can do whatever the hell I want. Um, and, 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 but you also see it in, in real-life Survivor where you, you pull off something like that, um, and maybe your best option at that time is to kind of, you know, fall back under the woodwork for a little bit and, 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 and kind of uh, and kind of let the let the game flow back out naturally, as opposed to just trying to dictate the next big move because you're just trying to one up yourself along the way. Um, and and, and if, if that's how you have to play, you're going to stumble sooner or later. And, and, and we see what happens with her in a little bit. Yeah, I think the best players are able to, you know, have their journey be a little bit of a roller coaster. And we're our next spark. But, you know, when they have that high high, they're able to then go low uh, and, you know, manage what they actually want to do. I think you see that in Real Survivor a lot of times. Like somebody's like, I really want to target so and so, but I can't do it right now. I just did this. I need to chill out. And Darcy just did the complete opposite of that. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then the other part of that is Maddie, um, and this sort of came up in the lounge, but, you know, he, after pretty much chilling around for first few weeks uh, after his top, you know, watched his top ally get voted out and decided that now was the time to take charge and uh, pretty much immediately went to the Mirths, uh, and the, which... It, this is, it gets more and more complicated when court goes back to the other side. Um, and I don't know if we've even gotten a full explanation for how that happened, but I'll start with Maddie going, you know, what do we make of that? And do we think this is improving his game, giving him a shot to win? To me, yeah, absolutely. I think he's been biding his time. I think, you know, he had those early video confessionals and even though he wasn't doing much, he, was still sort of like aware of like little things happening and um he was playing the game maybe not as hard as everybody else but he's definitely playing um so i was really happy to see him kind of step forward and take on uh (laughs) a bigger move and i think it can help him in the long run there seems to be a uh just from watching a few orgs and specking and, 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 uh, and reading confessionals and, and whatnot, there seems to be a, uh, it's a popular opinion in, in other orgs that if you make a, if you make too many moves pre you know, you making a big move pre-merge is, is like a waste and puts an early target on you. And, and I can see where they're coming from. I don't necessarily agree because I think there's a lot you can do pre-merge uh, that you can also just kind of deflect once you do get to the merge. But, um, but so yeah, like it's not surprising to me that the likes of, uh, of a Maddie or a court, you know, who have like all this org experience between them, um, would, would be waiting until even late or mid post merge to, uh, to actually try to start affecting some, uh, you know, some serious shit in the game. Yeah, you see it a lot, I think, also because they'll play multiple games at once, you know. They're in two, three, four, sometimes different orgs at once. And it's easier for them to just sort of coast to merge 
and then you know they got voted out for being a little less active than some of the other ones then they can give their full attention once they hit merge that's a good point yeah i mean i also that's not entirely exclusive to orgs um you know you think about plenty of recent survivor seasons where the winner is the person who laid low uh you know the first half of the game and then made a couple moves right at the end and got all the big threats voted out and was the last one standing and i think that's sort of become um one of the more dominant strategies in org um so you know i, I guess they call that the uh the utr edit you know the under the radar edit and it's good that uh that napalm is here as he's on the uh, edgic team for uh, for uh alliance um where did you guys see maddie in early season i mean i, I know i don't think brando has a a popular uh, has a very favorable opinion of him but where were you and Noah and with Maddie as far as uh, his edit and where, where y'all were seeing him as a player then and now? Yeah, I think, uh, well, a lot of times the edge isn't sort of always about like so, whether someone's playing UTR because it's a lot of mainly based off like the confessionals and um, other things they're doing in the game. Uh, so, so, you know, sometimes somebody could be playing under the radar but still get sort of that cp rating if they're very aware and telling the audience a lot of a lot of things uh, but i think to me maddie felt like somebody who would have been eliminated early on uh, when i first started like watching the season um i don't think i had much expectation until i until he started posting the video confessionals and it felt like he had some potential i feel I feel like this cast right now is almost is more than 50% people who would have been voted out if their tribe had gone to one more tribal council <laughs> pre-merge. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's just hard to see this scenario where he gets to the end and has a resume he can talk about, you know, with, you know, he's not really working with anyone particularly closely he got three people to vote with him or four people but that wasn't as much him at planning anything as just him being a number to the other group you know it's it's hard to see people keeping him around and him having really a say in the game yeah it might depend on who he's with at the end um because he did kind of start the chatter about getting darcy but obviously it was waxler who really like took it and ran with it uh and it became you know obviously the viewers sort of waxler's move more so than maddie's or birds um but it depends on who you're with and how you can spin it yeah yeah if, if uh you know if, if if waxler and bird aren't there to uh, take credit as well then you know then they're gonna have to try to discredit him at at ftc you know, I mean, who's to say they could do that? Right, exactly. So I, I could still see it working out for him, especially if he's able to manage that middle that he's kind of now in and go back and forth. Obviously, that means getting out uh, a Mirth player uh, now that Darcy's gone. But um, we'll see if that's possible. The, 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 that trio is pretty strong. Yeah. They, they definitely give off sort of like the the what was the name of the tribe from Cook Islands with Yuanazi? 
Is that the the I two four? Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they came in really like seeming like they were going to get picked off one by one, and now they've they're in a pretty good position, and I, I could see all three of them at the end. Well, the benefit to them is they are actually a trio, whereas mm-hmm. these whereas everyone else left in the game really does not have any kind of solid you know connection with anybody else left in the game. So it's a uh, it's a very interesting dynamic that we're, we're seeing at play right now. Uh, yeah. So let's, um, let's move over to court also, who we didn't really get a ton of, I don't think confessionals in explaining her thinking. She just kind of decided pretty quickly that she just wanted to jump sides. Um, you know, and yeah, we, we had, we had been at a point where she had determined that it was only SMM who was saying that she was on the bottom of that four. And I guess she changed her mind about that fact. Well, first, we just need to ask more questions to Court. We got to know more about what's going on with Court. Yeah, I mean, I wish she confessed more, um, more confessionals. But was it what? What was the tribal council where they were? Where where two off votes were thrown on on Court? Uh, that was the merge vote, right? Okay, yeah. I mean, I think that's where they made their mistake. They were trying to, what they were trying to make insurance, you know, insure, uh, you know, insurance against SMM going out or playing an idol or some, you know, or some skull fuckery. But um, throwing those votes, like Bramble throwing a vote on court was a very poor decision, (laughs) in my opinion. She could have thrown that vote anywhere. um, But to do it for court was just not smart. I mean, because... If you're someone like Court and you just keep seeing your name come up as like a throwaway vote or as an insurance vote, why, why do you have any allegiance to anybody? Yeah, um, I, yeah, I did wish we, we heard you hear more about what she's planning long term. Um, she, she sent a couple long messages today about how her only plan is to stick with her allies you know, no matter what, and she wants to win the hero, except she just flipped on all her allies, so... Go figure on that one. And we don't award hero. <laughs> <laughs> She's in for a rude surprise. Research your org. Um, yeah, or, or, I well, I was going to say, um, last time I checked earlier today, it did feel like Bramble was trying to sort of make peace with Court. If Court did flip back in your mind, do you think uh, that could help court get further to the end? I, I mean, to me, looking forward, you mm-hmm. can't let a trio get to the final six, the one that's shown no indication of turning on each other. Yeah, this, this, is, a, this is true, because then they're just going to hunker down and, and, and push for rocks at six or something like that. Um, and there's a good chance that one of those three could win, you know, could, could, you know, win in a, go on an immunity challenge run and, you know, and walk into final, you know, final tribal council. But I think court with the current dynamics on mirth probably couldn't guarantee herself much better than fifth. I think I think Cord was another kind of like Maddie, where I didn't see much of them 
pre-merge and wasn't sure what kind of player they could be but they have so much potential and it's not quite not really like being fully realized i think if court had sort of decidedly flipped maybe like two tribals ago uh, um they could be in a lot more of a power position uh, except now maybe they do have a shot at being another they, one with bird true true who doesn't yeah <laughs> but they need to just drop i won't say it's an act um but forget about hero don't 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 worry about that just play your game you know we've had this we've we've talked about this with with bird and their desire to collect all the trophy all the side trophy you know the, all the side mission trophies um don't worry about that just play don't worry about hero no one cares it's just a superlative at the end of the season go out and play your game um and try to win um because that uh her edit right now is not a winning edit if that's a, you know if that's what she's looking for <laughs> maybe it's not because it wasn't that long ago that Court had mentioned going to the end of Darcy and accepting them losing to Darcy. Do you believe that? Do you believe people play this game to not win? Yeah, I think so. I think sometimes there are players in the world community who enjoy playing, enjoy getting to meet new people. And because they play so many, sometimes don't take every single one asked seriously and are okay if they don't win this one maybe they have other goals like this time i just want to make merge i'll be completely happy after that this time i just want to make ftc whether i win or lose if i made ftc i'll be happy with how the game wins and that could be the position courts in right now yeah yeah so we went we went most of the day you know looking at this four four uh and with vote and you know, maybe I, I think Rocks was definitely in the picture at one point. Um, and then we have the move of the move of the day, and that might be the move of the season, which was the conversation between Bird and Waxler, where, you know, Waxler just wants to put out a feeler. How are you feeling about this vote? And Bird says, well, maybe I'll just force a tie with you three. You know, we have Court, we have Maddie. So, and then maybe I'll flip on the revote. I still don't know what the thinking was here. Um, I think it's just, yeah, kind of one of those things where they just wanted to be part of a tie vote and a revote. Um, and it would have happened then is that a 4-3-1 would have sent Darcy home. Um, and then, you know, Wachler's, and Wachler's just kind of you know, planting some seeds saying, well, yeah, I think maybe we could do that. And then Bird says, well, wait, 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 what about Darcy? And Waxler, who had been planning the vote for her, says, oh, very interesting. You know, she was she was saying some stuff about that half idol, and I'm not sure she really trusts you. And I and uh, ultimately, Bird is going to be the decisive vote on taking out their number one ally in a move that I just cannot understand. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but at that moment, at that point in that conversation, Bird thought that the Murthians were going to be voting for Maddie. Is that that's correct, right? I think that was the idea going in, and Waxler framed it as, "Okay, we'll change our vote to go with you." Right. Well, yeah, Matt, Maddie, I think just wanted to create an off vote. He wanted there to be some 
hoping that the, the bird would throw a vote on Maddie and break up the tie because what Waxler was most concerned about, let's not forget this, that this is still an individual game. He wanted to preserve his alliance, but he wanted to do it without having to play his idol. That was the main goal of what Waxy was trying to do. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it looked, and it, it would appear that uh, he pulled that off quite well. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I don't know if we'll ever fully understand Bird's decision-making for it, but I, I was trying to understand it. And, you know, I think once they got the feeling that not this round, but at some point Darcy would maybe target them, it just became that sort of like, I got to get them before they get me. Um, but, yeah, it really felt like Wax got in Bird's head. Yeah, he, he definitely played them like a fiddle. And I think they immediately recognized that after the vote. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that was a great little moment where Bird's like, wait, who's the fifth vote? <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, well, you were the fifth vote. You. It was great. It was so wonderful. I think that's on our meme board now. Yeah. Yeah, that is, uh, yeah, that was, I'm, I'm with Ari. At, at this point, that is the move of the season. I mean, it did deprive the viewers of getting to see the the fourth rock draw in alliance history um something which i am you know i have a personal connection to but um i also appreciate great gameplay and and, and uh and yeah i mean all due credit to wax for identifying the absolute best person to make that appeal to yeah bravo mm -hmm. bravo wax. Um. Whenever we had we had people in the VC last night giving more insight into why Bird would think this is a good move, and um, I think you know on the lines of you have to separate your game from your number one. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll have to have someone else to if they understand more because I just think you have someone this tight in the game and this far to go, and you're putting yourself on an island and. It, it's just hard to, you know, and it's hard to sell the case at the end. And you, you were the one to control this vote when it was on, you know, it's been your top ally voted out. And the four people on the jury, I think all four of them have good reasons to be a bit you know, upset about the way they went out, uh, specifically at Bird. That's already a majority. And that's another thing that just worries me going forward. But I just don't understand you know, and this guy, I think, was in David versus Goliath with someone taking out their number one ally with eight people left in the game and immediately becoming the next target. You know, I just think it's it's too early to not have a plan going forward. And I don't think Bird does. It would not appear to be the case. We'll find out. Maybe, maybe it'll come together in Bird's mind uh, this round. Well, the thing, what Bird has done is just position himself. I mean, Maddie, Maddie thinks that he's this uh, pivot vote right now. Um, but what I think Maddie is forgetting is that Bird has pretty much positioned themselves in that pivot position as well. Um, and Bird could easily choose to go with the Mirth 3 and, um, and just wipe out the rest of these yahoos um, if they want. And I, and I don't know at, at what point, like if Bird is in a thought thinking now that there's really no chance that they can win, does Bird want to 
continue to play with people that they feel should win. And if that is the case, then I can see Bird moving towards working with the Mirth uh, Three to uh, maybe help further their games and, and, and sort of a kind of a redemption, you know, a self redemption story for themselves to make them feel better about getting somebody to a position where that they think should win, you know, can win. Um, I don't know. But uh, yeah, Bird is in a nice position right now to where they could, uh, they can guarantee themselves a final four at least and a shot for final three. Um, yeah. Uh, so I think that'll tie in nicely to uh, our final segment. Uh, but first we have a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Walking the park, taking in the smells, feeling the hunger? Come on down to the Footlong Wiener Stand. Our wieners are the best in the park. What sets us apart? Instead of a lazy bun, we use bread. Come get the original Big Bread Wiener, only at Nexus Park. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for another great commercial entry. That one comes courtesy of Blink who has read his own writing and uh, a good one for the bread wiener stand. Um, so yeah, so we have um, a fun game here for all of us. Uh, we have I've done this a few times before and it's Survivor Alliance comparisons. Uh, so for everyone in the game, and if you wanna get someone who was in the game and is no longer, uh, I'll try to give a person who they remind us of either from TV Survivor History or from Alliance. Um, so we'll start with Bird and Hirsch, do you have one in mind? I don't know. Bird is tough to nail down. Um, I'm going to pass for Bird. I'll, I can start on this one then. Yeah, um, I, so I meant I brought it up a little bit ago in the lounge also. Um, I was thinking about Ty from uh, Korog, <laughs> That's That's you know, good. because I think, you know, the way that he was going through the game, if you, you know, at the merge of that season, he has idols and alliances everywhere. And if you say he's at the end of the game, you know, you're like, oh, he wins easily. And then going from that position, he overplays massively and then just loses everything and just kind of flip-flops to the point of really becoming a goat at the end. Um, and I kind of think that's what could be happening with Bird is, you know, based on the way these last few votes have gone and what's going forward, they don't really have a lot of agency left in the game. And they haven't really been under siege much at all. And I think that's, you know, plus the bitter jury, it's going to be hard for them to make a case, even if they do get to the end, uh, which, you know, was, would be very surprising if you had said that a week ago. That is a brilliant comparison. There's literally no way I could beat that. Um, that's, that is so perfect. Um, and yeah, you know, but likable while still, you know, likable while you're still in the game, but then you get out, takes you out in such a way, you know, staring at you dead eyed with the other half of your idol in his pocket, just saying goodbye. <laughs> Ball uh, move, not a way to get votes. The other one I had written down was Will Wall. Um, 
from millennials gen x who just sort of has that big move itis and you know wants to prove that they could play by taking out all the allies until he's an easy target uh and that might be similar napalm did you have one or mm, i mean the taiwan a great comparison i think when i was i mean the first thing he came to my mind was zeke i think who mm -hmm. was like very likable and was able to sort of like be allies with like multiple people at once uh and at some point it cost them you know um so we'll see how it works out with bird but i think ty comparison's great yeah yeah i think i was thinking about zeke a bit too you know famous better than that you know zeke kind of famous for needing to be in control of every vote yeah i can kind of see that um yeah mm -hmm. um so next is bramble cat uh does anyone have something i want to throw out there Bramble reminds me of a less abrasive, um, more, you know, just a, not abrasive, not to imply that this person I'm comparing them to is abrasive, but Bramble kind of reminds me of a, a Lola type who, um, who is just kind of growing into the game um, and realizing, you know, maybe getting to a point where they can win. Um, and, and there are people who are going to be fiercely loyal to Bramble. Um, you know, Bramble's not going to have a perfect game now. We know that, but um, if she does end up winning, but, you know, like there, you know, people like, no, like Bot and Snoop um, knew pretty much that they never had a chance against Lola, but they kept wanting to work with Lola. And, and I could see like Wax and, and uh, Beans feeling that same way towards Bram, fiercely loyal to her um, with zero chance to beat her in FTC, but happy probably to get there with her. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah I can see that. Um, Napalm, did you have something in mind? Yeah, one sec. I got a, my cat's trying to join. As you, as, you, as you ramble your own cat? Yeah. Um, I'm I'm just coming off these off the top of my head, so maybe they're not the best comparisons. But the first one that came to mind was like a more or less emotional, more strategic uh, Lisa um, Welch mm -hmm. from Philippines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Lisa kind of had that similar journey where you know they weren't sure they could win it, and then sort of by the end. Uh, Lisa really felt like she had a shot at winning it, and I think Bramble might be in that same situation. Uh, I wrote down um, Denise. No, uh, this is this whole segment is spoiler alert. If you're planning on yeah. watching future Survivor seasons, um, though I, I wrote down JT um, from Token Chains. Uh, I think. Is sort of that similar, you know, likable person. A lot of people in the game maybe are willing to even sacrifice themselves a bit to get her further. Um, at the same time, you know, can't always be leaned on for the strategy. Sort of has other people, a lot of times, to to lean on uh, to get strategy. Um, and it, it's it can work, yeah, especially if she gets to the end and has that likable personality and. In other times, if there isn't a, a Stephen Fishbach in the game, you know, on on his own, he kind of flattered a bit, and 
you know, I, I think Bramble kind of needs people like Choco Beans and especially, I think Waxler especially has been a big partner in helping, you know, push each other through the game. Um, and, and of course, with all the usual caveats that, you know, the, everyone's their own person and these are only half-baked comparisons. Uh, Hershey, was something you wanted to, meant to say there? No, I mean, it's funny that you... Uh... It's funny that you mentioned fish fishback because I was I was thinking Waxler is to wax I was getting a fishback vibes off of Waxler so it's a, it's, it's kind of appropriate in this uh, in this in this situation. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes um, a lot of sense. Um, and I, I think you know a big part of this game, especially the last few rounds, has been I think that trio <coughs> works really well together. You know, with different personalities, different strengths. Whereas, and then we talked about this, the Bird, Darcy, Jordan trio all sort of had that similar emotional style of play without long-term strategy, and it just fed off of each other instead of being constructive. And I think that's why they kind of imploded on themselves, because they were, you know, they couldn't work together in the same way. It it ends up putting them on odds. well, these first vote, vote out, these first four vote outs post merge were what? Uh, Darcy was skeezed out by SMM, so they went with SMM. Jordan Jordan got pissed at that, so she wanted her target taken out. So they took out Spin, and then they take out each other. Um, so uh, that that's a lot of time invested into that dynamic. Uh, just that's an aside, not really what we're talking about right now. But uh, that's why I think this point of the game is very exciting. And, and to see how these personalities break out from that environment and, you know, and, and, and start playing. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so uh, we can jump over to Waxler, um, as you mentioned. Um, I wrote so the one I wrote down was Kelly Wentworth, um, who kind of, you know, was good at a lot of things, won some challenges, found advantages good at strategy but you know at, at this i think waxer's biggest problem is that he hides too much and that kind of limits where he can form bonds with people sometimes and i think you know his allies are just a little bit suspicious of him um and yeah i think you know wentworth's biggest problem was that she ended up on the bottom because she just didn't quite have the same level of you know bonds as other people did a good one my first thought was going back to the cook island reference yule just because it seems like everyone is always coming to wax with information you know like even when they're not in his type trio like everyone at some point has first come to wax before going to the other mirth members which is sort of that position mm -hmm. that yule was in do you think uh, wax can win um, or does it, or is it going to require a very specific set of people to be with him at the end? I mean, if you follow like the edge of power rankings, we're all big fans of wax over there. Uh, in my mind, wax could win. Uh, to me, he's the top contender. If he goes with Bramble and Chaco, I think he has a very strong case, uh, to be the winner. Yeah. And if he doesn't, then he probably has an even stronger case. Next on my list is uh, Choco Beans. Uh, did either of you have one? Or this one, I think this was a kind of a tricky one. 
So, so one that I wrote down uh, was Ben from Heroes Healers Hustlers, um, who was good at connecting with some people. And I think you would chalk with Chocolate Beans, she's doesn't do as much connecting with people outside of her alliance. Um, and she's done a good job searching just a little bit behind where Waxler is. Um, but I think she also can play that loyalty game uh, that he played the second time. Um, yeah, it's sort of a stretch, but that was sort of the one that I ended up writing down. I'm thinking of Beans as kind of a... I could see... This is interesting. I could see Beans being a... Uh, I'm gonna... I'm, I'm, I'm bad at... You know, I remember like 15 real life survivors by name, um, and I don't remember all their seasons, I've, though I've seen them all. So I'm sticking with Alliance people. I can see Beans being kind of a, a castaway to a certain extent, um, loyal to their allies, um, friendly with everybody else, not making waves, um, and being somebody who doesn't end up being so polarizing that you know that the, that a jury would work against them in some way um i don't know that just came to me um i could easily see beans being somebody who sits at final three um and and if and if they kind of have a good tribal or somebody else has a bad final tribal council um could could end up getting some uh get, end up getting some votes because they're you know they just didn't piss anybody off yeah i'm trying i think Maybe Amanda could be a good one. I feel like Amanda's always like considered that like the second best in her season. You know, it's like she didn't do quite enough. Always like send a tight duo or a solid alliance, but never did quite enough to put themselves over someone who was a little bit more vocal in the alliance. Um, yeah, that I actually I actually put Amanda uh, down for court um, mm. and sort of playing sort of you know, loyal to her ally a bunch of times, but also not afraid to cut people. Um, I think Amanda might be more of a strategic player. Um, yeah. But I think both of them, you know, do a good job building alliances and really connecting with people of the social level. Um, that was kind of how I saw it. But yeah, I mean, that could definitely go either way. Let's hope that her, uh, if she makes it to FTC, that her FTCs are not as famously bad as Amanda's. I think she'll be, she'd be better. Yes. Um, if the D3, do you have anyone in mind for court? Um, maybe uh, this, I watched the season recently, so maybe like it's fresh from my mind, but uh, Victoria from Edge of Extinction is like a player who was very, very quiet. And then sort of like became a bigger character once they decided to flip. Um, I could I could see Court being a um, at the, I could see Court morphing into a moss, um, somebody who is going to be at this point at this point not prior but at this point I can see Court becoming. A moss who's going to be do it, trying to engineer a lot of stuff behind the scenes, playing that UTR game. Not really, you know, if stuff's going to happen, 
she wants to be a part of it, but she doesn't want to be the one associated with it really. Um, you know, so she'll just be working between the numbers. Um, and, but if she doesn't do something showy, then she's going to probably end up having an FTC similar to Moss's, but I can, uh, I, I, you know, I'm struggling here to, to, to come up with uh, Alliance people, but I, I, I like a Moss for court. Um, someone who's got some org experience, knows how to play the game at this stage and, and, and can easily find herself in final tribal council. Uh, Napalm, I think you're a, you're uh, a step ahead of me. Um, I actually put wrote Victoria down for Maddie. You know, we talked we talked about uh, you know some of the org players and also recent survivor players who you know that super fan type of gameplay where you're lying low until you're making a move while trying to stay as low to the silence as possible while just getting out anyone who you see as a threat. Um, and then, you know, hitting a point where all of a sudden you're now the threat and with, especially without, you know, a big alliance to back you up, um, ending up as the vote. Oh, I can't remember how her vote ended up going down. Maddie, Maddie, Maddie. Maddie. Uh, anyone else? Yeah, for Maddie. And I think there were a few kind of players in that vein on some of the recent seasons who went with that strategy. Matt, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna. I, I like. I like wind, from Summit for Maddie. Again, org experience, played plenty of games. Knows uh, isn't necessarily married to any alliance. Is kind of willing to float back and forth, and um, and with Court has probably found his Tobias, um, and is willing to you know try to move things there. Assuming that's the direction. Maddie wants to go. Um, and again, you know, another uh, wind was another zero vote finalist, but uh, you know, if he puts himself in the right spot, he could, uh, he could actually pull some, uh, pull some, uh, pull some votes. I had a hard time coming up with one for Maddie, but I think, yeah, if I, I feel like if I look at any of like the last five or six seasons, um, most of those merge players who didn't quite win could probably fit the the vibe that Matt has. Yeah. Um, so one more player who's still in the game uh, is <laughs> is Steph Chap. Um, do we have comparisons for her? <sighs> um, <laughs> You go. So, so the first one I thought of was someone like a cowboy. Well, I am trying to think of, you know, we almost talked about it, uh, I think, on the previous podcast about people who have been that kind of removed from the strategic game, almost like uh, Cowboy Rick from South Pacific. Um, though the person I ended up going with was Cheese, though. And I think we think we've kind of talked about that because uh, I think she's just so new to all of this that she just doesn't understand what's happening in the rest of the game. I think once she really sees that once the game ends, or maybe even on a, a bit at Ponderosa, I, uh, and I, I think that could really turn her on. I think she might be someone who kind of blossoms in the community after this ends. Uh, so. um, I think the first one that came to mind was Caleb from Blood versus Water. Um, R.I.P. Yeah, I think. Uh, they were, they were usually like an important number for votes, but like never really led a 
led the charge on anything. They definitely were more of a background player. <laughs> I had, um, yeah, I actually did think about this one the other day. Steph reminds me of um, all the dating all the way back to um, Chattern. Reminds me a little bit of Brit um, in that the, the, they're they're sticking around well past the point anybody thought they would, um, and it's just because they're easy to talk to. Um, they're uh, they're not going to be they're not overly strategic. Um, they're not perceived as a threat. And one of the reasons Britt stayed around as long as she did was because uh, she was a number for wherever she was needed. And right now, Steph is a definite number for whoever needs her. Um, and um, and and so uh, I, she could be she could also be a goat. Um, and I could easily see a final three where Steph has been dragged, kicking and screaming and uh, and and blunting and just uh, just uh, you know just chilling there at the end. Who would you compare yourself to? Um, uh, so I yeah I mean I, I mentioned Wentworth for someone else but that was sort of how I think you know in watching seasons the person that I most related to um, in terms of someone who just kind of kept going while being at the bottom of the alliance and just never really able to gain footing uh, that was really the one that I most saw well, I didn't really have time to get momentum going um, past a few tribals and, you know, and, 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 you know, not finding a lot. I don't know. I'm a, well, God. You could say okay. Chris Underwood. No, honestly, if I'm going to be honest, um, Ozzy. Okay, of course. <laughs> I can see it. No, I mean, like, I would, I like, for me, I liken myself to Cochran. But the second season that he had, that hasn't happened for me. <laughs> All right. Nice. Yeah, Nathan, they, what about you? remember that for the returning season. <laughs> I'm a huge Cochran fan in that he had a chance to, uh, to really uh, step up his game um, in that second season and uh, that he played. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping I can uh, do something like that. Um, I, you know, it's, you know, there aren't many people in survivor history who've gone out on rocks and I, I don't know that anybody has gone out on a one-on-one -on -one draw before. Um, and for the reasons I did. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to, it would be hard for me to, to make an honest assessment of what kind of game I played and, uh, and whose game I most played like. So <laughs> I'll leave that to you and the viewers. Well, I'm curious what you see the biggest differences in Cochrane the second time, um, apart from just being with a different cast that didn't have a bunch of, you know, young, attractive people laughing at him. Yeah, he, uh, I mean, he's a student of the game and he learned from his mistakes. Um, he was, he, 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 he took advantage of the previous relationships he had by being from the favorites tribe. And I think he also recognized the people from the fans tribe who liked him and were fans of his from his first game. So he was able to, um, to balance these people who already knew him and knew how he played with these people who just wanted to play with him. And he, and he, and he took that and he wrote it all the way to the end. And, and he, he brought the perfect person with him to the end in Dawn, 
Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, that's why he ended up winning spoilers, but, uh, I just, I like, I like a good redemption story. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, I don't know. Let's like Cochran. Yeah. He's definitely a good guy to like, uh, Napalm, where do you see yourself as? In Alliance history? In Alliance like history or Survivor no. history? <laughs> Are you um, a- yeah, if I'm just looking at Alliance, Francesca, because I'll I'm probably going to um, If I'm, I don't know. I sometimes I ask the host whenever I play who they would compare me to. Um, and I've gotten Tyson and Ethan before. Um, so some mix of those. You strike me as someone who's always going to be a viewer favorite. Which uh, from everything I've seen is always is, is the case. Um, you're going to be a viewer favorite wherever you play. That's just a fact. So that's not a bad comparison. All right, then. Uh, just because I'm curious, um, and you know, we've been talking about superlatives as the game is coming to an end. Right now, who would you give the hero or villain award this season? Villain, I think, for me is Jordan, just because of... Uh, her her the way she she talked to people hero i don't know if anyone's had a or, or a viewer faves moment at the, at this point um but uh i like right now i didn't i don't i think i would go with wax right now just because of the way his game is is growing um and and kind of uh, shifting and, and hopefully that that path will not be uh, cut off here in the next couple uh, few days um yeah i almost had i actually i think you might want to put bird in for villain at this point after going through four straight votes of blindsiding a pretty big ally um for hero i think i think bramble cat is playing the most you know in terms of just a straightforward one-sided game in that aspect i think that's probably who i might go with yeah i think um with you, Ari. I think Bird would probably get more of a villainous edit, especially with the reaction from all the other players who, you know, have gone to Pondy. Um, makes sense that they could be seen as the villain. Bramblecat feels like the most straightforward, heroic, but in general, I think the whole like PTA trio feel like the heroes of the season. Yeah. Uh, the PTA trio is an easy, easy uh, pick for me right now for like best alliance, you know, so, yeah. or best group. Yeah. Any other superlatives that come to mind right now? Um, what's the favorite? I mean, this, might, favorite? this also might be uh, a topic for future episode too, but um, I don't know. Any other terse? What did you have? I'm trying to think of what my favorite moment of the season so far is. And, uh, and I would have to say, or like favorite challenge, you know, like bumper balls, favorite, um, favorite uh, moment of the season. I don't know that I have one. Um, there's been a lot of little great moments, uh, but I, I'm still waiting for that big, that big, huge thing. I think it's still out there because so, like I said, so much has been focused these last four uh, tribals over the bird, Darcy, Jordan dynamic 
that it's been hard to focus on anything else. So I'm so happy that all that shit is out of the way. And now we can focus with, you know, we've got seven players. Um, no one's really necessarily hung up on anybody else. And I think we could have an opportunity from here on out for some really cool shit to happen. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. 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 Definitely going to be a lot more going forward. Anything else we need to touch on? Like a lot of superlatives, but if I had to pick someone who I'd most want to be friends with afterwards, it'd probably be Steph. So I'm going to give the award right That's now. fair. <laughs> she does um, seem very nice, but I think she has weaponized her niceness. Does that? Hmm. Um, yeah, I think that uh, we'll just about do it for this episode. Uh, thanks so much, Napalm, for jumping on with us and having our chat. Thanks so much for having me. Great to have you, Napal. Thanks, as always, Hirsch, for being here. Always a pleasure, sir. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We will be back soon, and what is sure to be a hectic last couple weeks. Uh, until then, we'll sign off and see you soon. Peace.